So I'm just saying that he promises to explain, um, like without spoiling anything, he does promise to explain why he spells "livin" without without a G, or even an apostrophe, L-I-V-I-N, "livin." He promises to explain why he spells it that way. And again, I don't want to ruin anything, but he does deliver. Really? Yeah, yeah, in a pretty uh, big way. Um. Let's let's circle back to that after the pod. Sure. I, I I'm I'm very curious about that. So um, oh, are we recording? We actually just hit record. Um, oh, are we allowed to cuss on this? No. What's other questions they ask on every podcast? Um. Oh. Uh. The link to our Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have the merch, but uh, <laughs> nobody's buying. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is, so this is our this Pedro is season, season two of Pedro Boys. Ah, like, um, I didn't think we were coming back, honestly. Yeah, the network was weird about it, and I know what you're thinking. Well, why would it be weird? You are the network, but you, you don't understand. Just you don't understand. Network was real weird about it. They were real. Um, we kept waiting to hear something forever after season one of Pedro Boys, and we just sort of assumed, well, season one of Mandalorian was such a huge hit. Obviously, we'd return for season two of Pedro Boys, and I mean, we were we're talking down to the wire. I mean, the, the new trailers out for season two. You know, we're talking within this past week. We're like, are we gonna do a second season of this or not? And then they're like, well, I mean, well, the word comes from you guys. You guys are the guys who say. Yes or no. And so we obviously said, well, yes. And to peel back a little bit um, to just kind of explain, we have we, we have many hats. We have Poe boys. I'm wearing one right now. Tano boys, Pedro boys. And a couple of our EPs, executive producers, for those not in the biz, um, they were seeing on our wall because we, we have a hat that we hang it on the wall. And they're, mm-hmm. they, were, they were saying, these are EPs, um, Renee and Blevin, um, mm-hmm. they were saying you have too many hats. There's not enough room to fill this, and they wanted us to because we had the Mudhorn Raker hats. We had mm-hmm. our, we, you know, we, we have a hat on a hat. Really, we have our Book Boys hat. I mean, we just we we have a lot of hats, and they they you know listen, they're just doing their job. They they thought this wall is going to fall down. It's going to fall down because we have too many hats mm-hmm. hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, explained to them, one, the walls are as sturdy as us. Yeah. Two, we our, use a stud finder. We think we're fools. Yeah. And three, if we want to have more hats, we'll just put more hooks down. And they, that completely yeah. blew their mind. Mm-hmm. The idea of See, having an entire wall. What's the most recent wall, hat you bought? What, the most recent one? Yeah. What's the most uh, recent hat you bought? I'm trying to stay apolitical. Or you possession of. Oh, um, I'm a Warren Democrat hat, but that's... Um, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm super woke or super liberal. Um, <laughs> but you know, I'm being honest for the pod. Uh, sure. That's yeah. War- a Warren Democrat hat's the last one I got. Okay. Okay. How about you? You you have you have hats on hats. Yeah, I got a I got a Nine Inch Nails hat. Oh, Nim Nim, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. that's that's they have uh, a song. They have a song called "We're in This Together Now," which is. Um, the only probably positive song, if you can even call it that, that they've ever written. And was they that, did a 2020 collection for the pandemic. 
and it's a hat that says Nin on it, and it says we're in this together, 2020. And I thought I like that, and so I got that hat. Um, we'll talk about 2020 at, at one point. Probably. Yeah, the- I mean, honestly, it w- it's it's hard for it not to come up in the subject matter today, just because the comparison between where we are right now and where we were a year ago. You know, you can't not talk about it in terms of this upcoming season. Um, yeah, definitely. So we're going to we're going to do one little um, blast of news before um, we get to this episode. And then the the next like two months, basically, were Pedro boys. Yeah. The finale is December 18th. Well, okay, yeah, it's almost November. Oh, gosh. Yeah. um, Oh, gosh. But we'll we'll basically, we'll end out the year on Pedro Boys. So um, a lot of people ask, you know, we are these hashtag detective boys. Um, We sleuth things out. We're super sleuths. And a lot of people have asked us, how do you find stories? And that is proprietary, so... Unfortunately, listeners, you're not going to be able to understand the, you know, how we keep our ears to the streets and, Mm -hmm. you know, how we basically act like beat cops when we're, you know, sleuthing for a story. But the next best thing, if you're looking for news, what I do, theoretically, you know, if I didn't have my super sleuth powers, is I just hit Star Wars on Google and then go to top stories. (laughs) So... These are, you know, just say you're a normal, regular Joe, all right? And you want to look up what's happening in Star Wars. We got three things that came out just today. I'm recording this on the 25th of October. So the first one, Josh, is Kanye thinks Star Wars prequel trilogy is better than recent sequels? Uh, well, I mean, I didn't even need you to tell me that to know it. I think I already knew that just in my bones. Yeah, and this article, I'm not going to um, say where it's from, but Kanye went on the Josh Rogan podcast, not safer work, so... Joe Rogan? Yeah. You just called him Josh Rogan? No, Joe Rogan. That's not what you said. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's your cousin, Josh Rogan. Anyway. Yeah, that's how cousins work, same first name. I've got a lot of cousins named Peter. Um, mm-hmm. So he went on this pot. He went on the Joe Rogan podcast um, and basically um, posited this argument that because George Lucas was not connected to a franchise, like not connected to a larger franchise, like Disney is, you know, a corporate machine that the prequels are a lot more pure than the Disney product that we got in seven, eight and nine. Yeah. And apparently he watched um, revenge of the Sith 10 times during quarantine, which um, seems like it's much better for your mental health than what you did during quarantine watching episode nine. nine (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. And I think that you and I have probably alluded to similar takes before i don't know that doesn't seem like a take that's gonna set the world on fire really no it's definitely worthy of top story star wars on google for sure mm-hmm. um you know and one thing i would say is i i don't really think it's so much a corporate level of it as much as i think that they really would have been well spent by taking an extra year or two to like 
give themselves more time to fully flesh out a story that was connected from, you know, from seven to nine and that I, I agree with that. But I also think that that's hard to do when you are making a movie more by committee than by. I don't I mean, for lack of a better word, dictator or whatever. But, you know, George Lucas was the guy. Yeah, it was his word and it was his vision and everybody else was able to assist in it. But he was the one guy and it never like they touted Kathleen Kennedy as that. But that never really seemed to be true like and then ultimately we ended up with this disjointed i don't know back and forth between jj and ryan johnson as opposed to a unified vision Mm -hmm. and i mean the now that that trilogy is complete like it smells of that more than ever like there is really a world where episode nine is i think different and the whole trilogy feels more unified just for that one movie but because of the whiplash and back and forth yeah i don't know and it's also it makes me think like the disconjecture the disjointedness of it right it comes Mm. in the disparities between eight and nine um yeah yeah and i and i'm i'm just off the top of my head thinking like what stories in between two and three were kind of disjointed and I feel like a lot of the gaps, like Sifo Dias, um, yeah. and just some of the internal politics of the Senate that were kind of alluded to. Um, I mean, they had the benefit of the Clone Wars TV show to fill in those gaps, and it's not like they oh, yeah. they did that a ton. But I also feel like um, I'm I'm very curious if you know. Th- Three years from now when we're at Celebration, or is it four? I don't even remember. Um, oh, it's eight now. <laughs> um, if the benefit of time is going to make us look at this a lot, um, w- not as super critically as we have been. I think it will and it won't. I, I know I am in particular susceptible to imposing my own sort of meta narratives on top of things. Mm-hmm. And and allowing the context of the time in which something came out to weigh on my opinion of it, uh, it's like one of the reasons I really enjoy Batman and James Bond is because they've been around, or Godzilla is another great example. They've been around for so long that you can look at like, okay, well, what was the context of a Godzilla movie in the fifties? What does that look like? And then what does a Godzilla movie from 2018 look like and what does that say about you know the time and the place in which it was made Mm -hmm. and so i because like one of the one of the things that really made me think about the prequels more was like the grandeur and the spectacle of the cgi in my mind i was watching phantom menace at one point and i was like you know the what I guess what some people would consider the arrogance or the overreaching of George Lucas using nothing but CGI. Well, to, to, to quote detractors, nothing but CGI. But, you know, all this green screen, all this technology, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would call that a sort of arrogance or like overdoing it. But to my mind, it also like matches up with the state of the Republic at that time and the sort of grandeur and opulence of the Republic. But that being said, though, that's not 
intentional on the part of the filmmakers, I, I doubt. I mean, they're not, it's not like George Lucas was like, you know, the old Republic's got a little cocky, so I'm going to get a little cocky with my um, special effects. I don't think that, but um, thinking about that helped me weirdly appreciate that movie more, even though, again, it's not necessarily something intentional. So I would say, like, who knows what what sort of, like I said, little meta-narratives I'll layer over episode nine and years to come. Mm-hmm. I think familiarity also breeds a sense of fondness. I think, I think there are movies that I keep seeing and I'm like, oh, this is the part where this happens and I do kind of like this part and I'm familiar with it. I think that w- once we get the new trilogy and if it is, you know, basically 13, 14, 15, sorry, 10, 11, 12. <laughs> um, the thing I'm going to... Re- You're not supposed to say, Pete. You're not supposed to say anything. We have an NDA. Um, it's fine. We'll edit that out. We don't know anything. Is that I am going to really enjoy seeing those stories, knowing where those characters started. So, like, if we see um, a, a Poe, if we see Ray, or if we see Finn you know, where they're at in that story. Maybe they're not the main character, but they're, you know, around to guide the new characters. Um, I think that'll be really cool to kind of see originally where they, they were, which is kind of like one of the best parts of the prequels was seeing Obi-Wan, seeing, you know, just how impactful this person was in the life he's lived, and then being able to take that step back in A New Hope and realize what he needs to do in order for the, you know, Jedi to continue and for this, like the people that he's with to have a chance. Yeah. So I don't know. Thanks for the intro, Kanye. Um, Oh, we got, I didn't think we had anything to talk about. Oh, we got two more top stories. Oh, good. Um, but we can kind of breeze through these a little bit. Um, Star Wars, Dash, what happened to Ahsoka Tano between the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian? We're not covering that. Um, <laughs> I know what website that's from. We're not covering that. I, I haven't read any of these things. <laughs> I'm literally on the top page of Google. Um, Star Wars, um, colon. Darth Vader dreamed of killing Palpatine before Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I know that website, too. We're not covering that. <laughs> Like, no, no, duh, he dreamed of killing Palpatine. He's a Sith Lord. Like, oh, he had dreams of Padme. And he uh, had. Dr- I don't know why you're just Googling Star Wars when there are Star Wars news sites you can go to. No. For instance, I'm on top stories. These From a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back audiobook cast is announced. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the first from a certain point of view, but it was a book. It's like an anthology of short stories okay. that retell every scene from A New Hope, but from a different perspective. Oh, I like that a lot. So, so for instance, the stuff in the trash compactor is told from the perspective of the Dianoga. That's what the thing's called, a Dianoga? I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but that's how it's spelled. Um, and they announced the audiobook for it, and apparently... Wait, can you spell that real quick for me right now, just in case I ever have to do trivia? Hold on. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm typing in my phone. D-I-A-N-O-G-A-H. Shoot. Did you put an eight in there? Okay. Uh, I'm going, I'm going D-I-A-N-O-G-A-H. And that's a band. That makes sense that so, you would have a band named after the trash compactor monster. 
That's so actually a pretty good name for like a heavy metal concert, a heavy metal band. That must not be how it's spelled. Dionoga? No, it's fine. I, I'm I'm actually kind of um, content just losing every single Star Wars trivia I've ever participated in, so that's fine. Yeah, but I want the W. So. Oh, okay. There's no H on the end. Shucks. Dionoga. So close. Okay. I was so close. Anyway, reprising, which this is something else, reprising their role from the audiobook for Star Wars A New Hope from a certain point of view, reprising their role in the Empire Strikes Back version, John Hamm is the voice of Boba Fett. Um, all right, wait, wait, wait. Go back. So this is a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. I thought you were describing this as like a book of short stories. Is this animated? No, no, no. It's, it, this is the audiobook version. Ah, oh, that's fun. And so each of the short stories is told from a different character's perspective. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I would have never expected you know, John... Sam Witwer's in there. Uh, uh, I would have never expected John Hamm to be the Dianoga voice. He's not the Dianoga voice. He's Boba Fett. Oh, well, I was still right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I would, that's, that's a nice story, but it's definitely not a top story. Um, cause I, you know, just said what the top stories were according to Google, mm-hmm. but that was good. You know, um, I was, I was, and I just wanted to give the listeners the top stories, but, um, also what's this freaking galaxies as nonsense that they keep popping up trailers for? Um, I really think it's irresponsible for us to push a theme park during a pandemic so i don't want to talk about it i'm not pushing it i'm asking what well, it is but i whatever. i would i would say if you see anybody being like oh let's go to a theme park during a pandemic just like <laughs> i don't know i mean no like it just don't just don't go to a theme park during a pandemic i i know that you might want to but like <laughs> just like don't and then don't like flaunt your merch at a pan- at a place that's a super spreading event. Um, I did. I it's it's really weird the thing that's a hot take. There's a website called galaxiesedge.us and it just says the galaxy's a dumpster. Maybe it's a website of other people concerned about people going to theme parks. But you know this thing I'm talking about. What is it? Tales from Galaxy's Edge. What is it? Oh. Oh, it's like a VR thing, right? Oh, okay. So you can't actually go there? Oh, I'm a big proponent of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, go do that. I don't know. I guess my whole thing is, and I've never been. What do I know? But, like, stop trying to make Galaxy's Edge happen, guys. Like, cut it out. Just make it Tatooine. Make it like every planet. Make it the things that people want to see from Star Wars. Stop. What? What are they doing? What are they doing? Um, Why do they make these decisions? Why are they making these decisions? Actually, I having having read one of the ex, um, books about Galaxy's Edge about the Batu. Um, mm-hmm. I I mean I like the world building that they're doing. Um, yeah, but you're a dork. No, what? No, I left weights. <laughs> that was weird. Your paper weights. Mm. Of steel. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We are 20 minutes into this freaking record. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised. Uh, all right, let's get into our topic. Pedro Boys. Pedro Boys. Um, this is our predictions or... Well, it's, it's, it's Mando Eve, right? This episode comes out the day before um, Mandalorian Season 2 comes out on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and so it's seven episodes eight episodes i haven't even looked i believe it's eight episodes Ooh, eight episodes that's an that's an entire two months of content yeah it's the infinity sign turned a little bit there uh wait no it says wait uh let me look it up people ask is the mandalorian season two canceled on google i love i love google um, okay. Stop buzzbarking them. Uh, they don't... They are not an advertiser. All right, there we go. Eight episodes. Yep, that's awesome. Okay, um... So, Josh... Oh, so you just thought I was making up that number. Um, trust but verify. That's what Reagan said. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. see? We, we... Both sides. Um... <laughs> <laughs> So how do, how do you want to do this? Predictions, hopes, dreams, aspirations? Let's see. Let's see. Um, I don't have a lot of predictions. Well, let's just talk about the road to this, the, the week ahead. We're recording this the Sunday prior, but this episode comes out the, the night before, and it'll come out on Friday, like Friday morning. Um, I'm in a situation where I'm working from home. So I'll be around my TV and my Disney Plus all day. However, my girlfriend and I watch Mandalorian together, so I'll have to wait for her to get back from work to watch it. So I won't be able to watch it till Friday evening. So that'll be like, you know, steer clear of my time-wasting websites that I go to, many of which were cited by Peter's top stories. Ugh. So as you can see, they'll turn anything into stupid clickbait, but I fall for it every time. Um, but... Uh, leading up to it this week, I'm, I'm going to rewatch the whole first season, which I don't think will be that big of an undertaking. I mean, none of those episodes are that long. So probably tomorrow, Monday over here, I'll start. And you can, you, know, you can skip the, um, prison ship episode because that was awful. Yeah, I can, I can, but I won't. Um, but so yeah, my, my plan yeah, will be to skip rewatch season one. one throughout the week and then Friday evening. Uh, I'll sit down with uh, with the girlfriend and watch the premiere. What about you, Pete? Have you rewatched already? Are you going to be watching right away on your phone on your drive to work? Um, one, I bike to work. Uh, both hills mm. both ways. It, it takes mm. a while to find <laughs> hills both ways. Electronic bike. Um, yeah, electronic bike to charge a solar battery. So that I can save this planet. But, you know, some of us are mm. a little bit more um, eco-friendly than others, um, Josh. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I I don't know if I'm going to... I mean, maybe I'll play the... I'll watch the last, like, three episode arcs. I mean, I... The way that I consume TV is I watch something I really like. And then I just skip everything else. So, like, that Bill Burr um, space prison heist <laughs> episode. <laughs> like... Yeah... Yeah, I, I do not. I kind of like Twi'lex to begin with, except for Hera. Um, but like, just the, the costumes were terrible for them. All the I I I mean, 
they had um oh my gosh what's his name the voice of anakin going out like a chump yeah matt Lantner. yeah they just like did matt Lant- lantner wrong uh, that episode is so interesting because it is this weird like antagonists in fiction are so interesting because i don't know what the dividing line is but it is something in an antagonist that really changes it from like love to hate to just hate mm-hmm. And I find usually if they're introducing a pack of folk in Star Wars, you know, Bad Batch shows up or the um, the group of bounty hunters that shows up on that farm planet for their Seven Samurai episode or anytime Cad Bane has a crew. It's usually like there's at least one standout or something where I'm like, oh, this guy is interesting. Or like, yeah, yeah. Um, I hated every one of those characters (laughs) so much. (laughs) And I, I mean, I, it's, you know, that's just my opinion. I no fault of anyone's. I, you know, there, there are characters for everyone. Not every character lands with everyone, but it was like every one of them. I do not want to see them again. Yeah. It was pretty noticeable just how bad all of it was. I'm not going to call it bad. I'm just going to call it not for me. Those characters, they were not for me. They were not for me. Um, I'm really, yeah, I'd be, I'd be okay if, if. If that was it, that does. Here's here's a good way of thinking about it, though. Okay, so mm-hmm. pre-pandemic, you know, you'd go and you'd play basketball with with your friends, and you know, you'd challenge other people. Now you have a group of friends that you're hanging out with, but some of them, maybe they're that's a tennis player. That person works out. Um, just because they're there doesn't mean you need to use them to play basketball, um, because maybe that's not their thing. And I know Johnny F like. Um, he has these people that he really enjoys hanging out with. Um, some of them are actually mutual friends of ours, but you don't have to put all of your friends in your projects. And I'll just leave it at that. No, no, this is true. This is true. Um, yeah. And I have seen John Favreau try to put a Mandalorian helmet onto a lion and it didn't go well. Um, that brings me to one of my... I guess speculations or questions for season two, which is you've got Bill Burr in that episode. Uh, you have Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally showing up in the finale. And in the pilot, um, you have Brian Posehn. And so I can't help but wonder. Oh, and Bobby Moynihan. And Bobby Moynihan. No, what are you talking about? Not Bobby Moynihan. Horatio Sands. <laughs> That's really messed up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What's wrong with um, you? He, Bobby, Mo- I've, I've been watching some SNL sketches with Bobby Moynihan. And, well, Bobby Moynihan is also in Star Wars. He's in Resistance. Um, yeah. So he, um, anyway. And Horatio Sands. And Horatio Sands. What comedians will we see pop up in season two of The Mandalorian? Um. Look, you gotta, you need to have Paul F. Tompkins. You got to have Mark Marin. You know, I would really like uh, um, just reward. Um, what, what are their names? They have they they're the two, two comedians that have their own Star Wars podcast. It's Lapkiss. Oh, Lauren Lapkiss and Nicole Byer. Yeah, that yep. would be yep. pretty funny. They would be great. Um, Allie Wong, where she she could show up. Get your Hannibal Burris in there. Hannibal Burris would be great in Star Wars. Yeah, I, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good people to draw from. Ray Romano. 
No. Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with this blue milk? Where you got blue cows? I'd probably like Jason Alexander before that. <laughs> Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll probably get John Hamm. It seems like he's in everything. Oh, he's good in everything. Um, yeah, that's a really good point of who, what comedians are going to be into it. We have not talked about, and other than the like Rosario Dawson announcement, which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem to be true. I don't know. Uh, we really haven't talked about casting at all. I know a little bit of casting, but I don't. Yeah, it, it's like whatever. Um, yeah, and I mean that'll you know we'll figure that out when we figure it out. I I think it is like a pro and con, I guess, of the Disney era of Star Wars is that like everybody's buddy ends up in Star Wars now. Um, yeah, that's true. So it's like. And not even buddies necessarily, but, you know, you've got Daniel Craig popping up in Force Awakens Mm -hmm. and, like, Kevin Smith doing voices here and there. And Tom Hardy shows up in that deleted scene from Last Jedi and stuff. And you get these, like, I don't know, weird little headline grabby cameos. Um, So I know for I'm sure that there's going to be some in Mandalorian Season 2. And I can't help but wonder what they're going to be. We didn't hear about Adam Pauly and Jason Sudeikis until... Jason Sudeikis got canceled. Um, no, they were in the credits for that episode. I'm pretty sure. No, yeah, they were, but like the the lead up to that, you know, like that was. Oh yeah. right. So I mean, they've they've done a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps, and I mean, this is right. You, know, you hear rumors left and right, but like the fact that Baby Yoda was not, and we've talked about this multiple times, the fact that Baby Yoda was not leaked and people didn't know beforehand. It's just a testament Pretty how well. they're able to, you know, keep it airtight um, in that production um, studio, for sure. Mm. Yeah, which is why, and I mean, it'll be even crazier if they are able to, you know, they did such a good job keeping that under wraps in season one, keeping Baby Yoda under wraps. And I'm curious if they're going to be able to do a repeat with Baby Baby Yoda this year and whether or not they'll be able to keep that under wraps until season two premiere. So, wh- uh, I want to talk about some aspirations. Edit, edit, I want to take, take some a- um, some aspirations. So, these are kind of things mm-hmm. that I would like to see, but if I don't see them, I'm not, you know, spilling some blue milk over it. Um, the first one is I want a little bit more bureaucracy. I'd, I'd love for the ma- Mando to go, and when he gets, he, you know, he has to, he has to get this new guild, right? Because he's part of this new guild with Baby Yoda. Why don't you change your name while you're, while you're at it? So yeah, Jenga Jumanji's got to yeah. go. What a so horrible I would name. love for him to go to like the DMV in Tatooine, and you know mm-hmm. he's got that new name because he's got that new sigil. You know he's part of yeah. that. Now he's Rhino. He's part man. of that clan too. That little rhino, or rhino, you know, shoulder. rhino claws, um, and I would just love for him to change his name. I mean, it's not that difficult. Um, you just yeah. need the proper form. So, again, not knocking it. Bob Smith. Not knocking it, but that would be something that I would really enjoy seeing in season two. Yeah, I would go so far as to say that would be ideal. Um, yeah, just like a way of fixing the name. I don't need mm-hmm. to see more of your face. Like I knew you were there, but I guess for some of those people that 
decide the Emmys, you know, maybe you need to show your face some more. I do think it would be good if we saw some of his abs, though. Um, Hear me okay. out. Still got the pants on, all that armor. Still got the helmet on. Just nothing in between. I guess we... Show I guess muscles. we haven't done... Like that Batman arc where he sword fights with Ra's al Ghul. We... And he's got his cowl on and his tights on, but he's got no shirt on. It's a good look. So... I'm trying to think of us doing a Thirst Trap Thursday is a Safe for Work podcast kind of message. Hmm. Is it a Thursday well, thing? This, uh, this always, this yeah, always no, comes no, no, down no. Thursdays. Um, okay, so there's, there's that um, for sure. Mm-hmm. I... Mm-hmm. Practically, I'd like to see some Jedi. Um, I'd like to see, like, we're going to get a Force user for sure. I'd be shocked if we did not. Yeah, we have one. Lil Yon. No, like, in, in, in an, an additional, additional one. one. Like, there's that one in the docks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a lady with a hood on feet. <laughs> oh, do, do you want to make that bet now that that, that, that person is Force sensitive? I'll, I don't yeah. bet. I get it. I just think you're being a little presumptuous. Well, I'm I'm willing to put some money on the line. I got I got some credits mm. to spend, and mm. I'm willing to bet on it. But uh, yeah, mm. I mean, I hope that there's some connection to the force for this. Um, not just a little Yanni hiding in his little in his little baby basket. The whole the whole mm-hmm. the whole show. Um, I really hope that they put um, Gina um, Gina's character um, to better use this season. Like him, him doing in the last two episode arc where he like brings the whole band together to like make that run. I felt that that was a little forced of like him finding all the friends he's he's earned over this season and then trying to, you know, save little Yanni. I, I hope it's not as, like, formulaic as that for the season. I don't know. I disagree. I, think, I mean, I think if it had been a lot more friends, it might have. But, I mean, it was only two, like, two yeah. people. I don't know. I, I, felt, I felt that was fine. But, yeah, I, I, I could see where you're coming from, though. I'm curious. I'm, you know, I'm looking back on not so much resistance because it only really went two seasons. Mm-hmm. So the pacing for that was a little different. But going back to Clone Wars and going back to Rebels um, and looking at the first season versus the second season of mm-hmm. those shows in comparison is very much in both of those instances. The first season sort of was like, okay, this is the vocabulary of this show. These are these characters, whether you've known them previously or not. These are the characters. This is what you need to know. This is how this world works. These are who these people Mm -hmm. are. And with Rebels in particular, since they were all new characters, like, let's make sure our original characters can stand on their own two feet and you can appreciate them as individuals. Um, which I think is very much a thing that happens in Mandalorian season one is you set up that cast of characters. You let them become their own uh, figures within the Star Wars mythos. And then season two, both in, in Clone Wars and Rebels, I think is very much about expanding that world and connecting it to the larger Star Wars world that we know. You know, that's this, those are the seasons where we start to see things that are a little more familiar or, or connections with um, characters or planets or cultures that are hinted at in movies and things mm-hmm. like that. And so... Um, 
And I would I would also add both of those shows did it in a way where it never beat you over the head with it because a they establish the characters first, you know, so you like the characters well enough that you don't necessarily rely on something from the movies to to pull you forward with this show. Um, but b they they never they didn't like absolutely inundate the Clone Wars or Rebels with connective tissue. You know, it wasn't like, okay, season two of Rebels, bring in Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia. Well, and it's just for, for, for Rebels, they, they do attempt to do like the, the spoilers for Rebels, um, the season four, you know, defense of Lethal, they just, they include like, um, the kids that they rescued that were trying to go on their own, the whales, there's like, um, v- Vago or whatever. They, they threw Vizago. It really doesn't matter. Um, his name's Vizago. They do throw a bunch of them in. It just, they're so inconsequential. You don't really notice and or care about that. Right. But that's different. I'm, I'm talking about connecting it to like the movies. Ah, Okay connections to the movies and to the big stuff, which you start to see, you know, like season two of clone wars is where we start like the Mandalorians show up and stuff like that. Um, season two of rebels, we get okay. some pretty big original trilogy characters. So, but I, I always felt like both of those shows did it in a tasteful way where they weren't just, um, leaning on known entities. Right. Like, Oh, this is Lando. Now the show's really know. good. Right. It never, yeah. It felt like the show was good first granted i guess lando shows up in season one but so i'm i'm excited to see how the mandalorian will do that and knowing that dave filoni is involved i anticipate that they will do it in similar fashion where it feels exciting without feeling like it is overpowering um the the show itself you know like mm-hmm. if iron man shows up in agents of shield nobody cares about agents of shield and that's probably why Iron Man never... Well, that's one of a multitude of reasons. You know, the Iron Man never showed up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Not that I watched it all. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, excited, I'm excited to see the expansion of this new side of the galaxy, the Mandalorian part of it. And I'm excited to see it touch stuff that we are familiar with and see how it begins to... Well, here's here, here's the, the thing. Um, Rebels was a touchstone for the original series. Um, so mm-hmm. it has markers at certain points. Like this is how they got t- Y wings. And you know, they have that up. Yeah. You remember how, remember Pete, you remember in 1977 when you and I were in the theater for the very first time, grandma's Chinese theater at the world premiere of star Wars, the original star Wars, they didn't even call it new hope back then. They actually called it star Wars. And George invited us because we were supposed to go for pizza that night. And then he was like, Oh, I forgot. I have my movie coming out. And we were sitting there world premiere of star wars global phenomenon and we're watching this movie and pete turns to me and he goes hey josh where the heck they get these y wings and i was like right well they do answer that question yeah and you know a bunch of people are probably really curious like how did poe get his x-wing or where yeah who painted poe's x-wing and like Oh, who is this Basile of Vestoon? And Ochi. It really doesn't matter. It's Ochi <laughs> and Vizago. <laughs> and it's Yanni and it's Jenga Jumanji. Um, yeah, okay. So I I am curious to see if 
this season brings stuff from the past or puts us into the future. So, like, I think it would be really cool. Like, we know basically from the books and the video games, we know the big players of what members of the Empire make it into the First Order and how the First Order forms. Mm -hmm. And we also know from, like, the different books that have been released that um, the First Order basically maintained a connection to the New Republic through sympathetic planets throughout the entire time. So Yeah, and then we know through um, Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker, that also there's some very, very stupid stuff happening in the background. Yeah, so I'm, I'm curious if it were, like, obviously we want to see Ahsoka and Rex, um, but mm-hmm. also moving that forward of, like, um, you know, Gus, Gus's character. Um <laughs> Moff Gideon. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Um, Moff Gideon, like, is he maintain? Moff is he Gushigan. maintaining power, or is he more of a like holding things off or gathering resources? Resources descend to Palpatine. Um, and here's and he he is. I have a note that's just Moff Gideon because I got to tell you. His character popping up at the end is like the exact opposite of the crew we meet in the jailbreak. We're just like, oh, I can't stand any of these people immediately. Where, and it helps that, A, he's an incredible actor, Juan Carlos Bazito, uh, and that monologue he delivers when he shows up is just mm-hmm. amazing. It's chilling. Um, I'm, I'm so excited to see more of that. But like, that is an example of an antagonist that just shows up and sucks the air out of a room and immediately captivates you. Why that antagonist is so captivating versus Bill Burr, I, you know, theories abound, who knows, but I can't wait for more of, of Moff Gideon. A hundred percent. I can't, I can't wait. It's the same sort of like, you know, Cad Bane, same sort of thing when he showed up at the end of season one, it was like, Whoa. Um, I, I think, well, did you have any more to say on that? I didn't mean to. Oh, I there. was. I have one more point, and then um, I'm mm-hmm. I'm pretty much done. Um, um, yeah, well, go ahead. I'll just say, continuing off of sort of using season two of previous Star Wars shows to predict what we might mm-hmm. see in this show, I do think I don't have many predictions, but I guess to my mind, um amateur storyteller that I tell myself that I am, it feels like season one of Mandalorian and knowing Dave Filoni is involved, which yes, I know I say that all the time, but I think you can take some cues from that. Knowing Dave Filoni, who was such a big part of Clone Wars and Rebels and who in turn was such a big part of building out the Mandalorian mythos and the Mandalorian culture in, in the first season of Mandalorian, we learned things that, are in pretty stark contrast to where we leave the Mandalorian culture the last time we see them at the end of Rebels. And so there are like schisms between what we knew and what is now the status quo of this culture and kind of breaks. And I, I have to think season two is going to delve into those. And in doing so, probably delve a little bit into some Rebels and Clone Wars kind of lore and stuff. I mean, you've got the Darksaber, you've got the Mandalorians. You kind of can't not. And I'm very excited. Well, and to piggyback onto that, we are very connected to 
certain facets of the Mandalorian story um, based on Rebels. So, like, knowing yeah, Gar Saxon. Saxon. We're a big Gar yeah, Saxon and fans. And where is Porky? All right. Where, oh. where is he? We, we haven't seen him. That character We haven't seen up. Porky in s- so long. All right. I will quit this podcast. <laughs> Johnny F is going to go to the uh, edit board just to put him into episode eight. Um, I don't doubt it. And because also, here's the thing. Unlike last season, where his presence was felt. already felt. This year, Johnny F has decided he's going to direct an episode. Yeah, it's not going to turn out well. And I don't want to tell tales out of school, but very early on in pre-pro for season two of Mandalorian, there was talk of Pete and I coming in to direct. Uh, we of course said, we'll think about it. We don't really want to step on any toes and then immediately go, Oh, 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 actually, actually this year, this year I want to direct. And he and I, Pete and I are not one for waterworks. We wanted to be nowhere around that. So we, gracefully told them and maybe maybe come back to us season three yeah and hopefully there is a season three hopefully hopefully um two things i'm super excited about star wars boat okay very cool we get a star wars canoe in episode nine sort of kind of but it looks like we got a big old star wars boat in the trailer oh That's exciting. boats oh my gosh i haven't seen Not one of the boats in star wars i haven't seen boats in star wars since Last season in the lava boat. That's not a proper boat. That's a lava boat. Yeah, but the... That's different. Then it's like, oh, there's little boats in episode three where they're on the lava. That's not a boat. I want a boat. I want a boat on the water. I want a shark. Um, I want to watch Jaws. That would be honestly my nightmare for them to go to the shark planet that uh, that commander is from oh. Clone Wars is in. <laughs> Caradontids or whatever. <laughs> um, oh man! One what is thing, Dork's name. The boat and Ludwig Gornson are the two things I'm most the, excited for. Oh, I, I mean, I need some new running materials. So I can't wait until this um, yeah. comes out. Um, yeah, I can't wait for him to continue expanding the vocabulary. What of am Star I going to chase music. now? You know, I, like I was chasing the sand crawler. Doop 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 doop. doop, doop. Um, am I going to chase? Am I going to chase like a tauntaun now? Am I going to chase? Am I chasing a oh boat? Boy. Am I chasing a? Am I running away from mm. a shark monster? Um, the one thing that we haven't really talked about, and it's hard to speculate, is really um, this sh- show last season was. Seven and eight were Very were bad. oh what? seven and eight of the first season were the end game, and then you had one, two, mm-hmm. I guess maybe three. Yeah, that was kind of a. I know what you're talking about. The kind of was micro the starting arcs. arc. Yeah, and then it was like three yeah. standalone episodes, if not four standalone episodes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because you got sort of the opening micro movie of it in those first three mm-hmm. episodes where he secures Yanni, he gives Yanni up, he frees Yanni, decides to take him away. And then you have the kind of trilogy of him being a wanderer where he defends the planet of farmers, where he goes to Tatooine, where he does the prison break. Uh-huh. And then you have those last two episodes, yeah, which are another sort of micro movie at the end. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so it's kind of like, you know, if you if you assume a similar arc 
which there's no reason to assume that we we it, that is going to be the case. But he is no. one thing Johnny F loves to do is steal ideas from other people and then throw and then and then <laughs> and then throw them in. So if you want to see some classic yeah. trope or see a story that's been tried again and again, um, all you really have to do is go and like pick a Kurosawa film and chances are he's going to try and bludgeon that into season two. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, John Favreau, John Favreau, who directed Iron Man. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, do you idiots even know that Iron Man's a comic book? He didn't even make that up. Yeah. Like, if you want to come after him, chef. That's like, <laughs> that's that's. And you know what he did? He just watched like um, Iron Chef a bunch. And he's like, oh, um, I can do him. I can do a movie like this. It was awful. Absolutely awful. You know, I guess my my last two thoughts I have are the the contrast between the release of this season of The Mandalorian and the previous season um, on a number of levels. Obviously, the global context is wildly different, uh, but also Mandalorian season one came out in the midst of like arguably oversaturation of Star Wars. And in hindsight, knowing the months I spent where my only Star Wars was talking about it on this podcast and then I just pretended it wouldn't exist for the rest of the week, I'm going to say just flat out oversaturation of Star Wars. Where you had this, you had Resistance was on the air, Episode Nine was about to come out, and Jedi Fallen Order came out. And it was just, everything was Star Wars. Um, and Mandalorian was very much an unknown then. You know, people were very excited for it, but, you know, were they going to stick the landing or not? Now, this time around, it's a yeah, proven entity. Like in hindsight, in hindsight, it's probably the thing that came out on top of all that Star Wars content that was released between November and January. I mean, it's, I would say, the most highly regarded. It's, And then this time around, it's the only game in town. Yeah. I mean, there's no other Star Wars even filming right now. I think there's talk of Kenobi starting up in early 2021 but i mean and i guess they're talking about bad batch also which that might be well bad batch is probably going to be released next year because the thing about star wars animation is they already have things already done pretty much well in advance so like bad batch that had been given a green light like a year ago or whatever yeah yeah they do tend to announce it they don't like announce something they're like oh it's like later this year um, that that cast and everything has already been, I would assume, like when Christopher Sean did all of his work with um, Resistance, I would assume that he had actually not been working on that project for like a year. He was just brought back to do like promotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see like uh, how big a slice of the zeitgeist does the Mandalorian take this year. You know, and like last year though, it wasn't the only Star Wars game in town, but it did have Baby Yoda pop up, and then Baby Yoda obviously took the world well, by storm. We also have to throw so, on onto this too, is the pandemic bump. So like you know, mm-hmm. bef- more there's people more people at home. at home. The only thing you have going on is football, but like even that, like this comes out on like what Fridays, mm-hmm. so it's not going to be a huge uh, interruption. And just if you look for new content from different stations, you're not finding it. 
um, it's very difficult um, to find new content that's out there. So I think it's going to even get an, an even bigger bump because so many people have Disney Plus just because they have Verizon or AT&T accounts. Yeah, and I think... They extended that a year. Some of those yeah. accounts have been extended. Um, yeah, so so. I, I think it's going to be... I, I yeah. honestly, if not the same level of enthusiasm, a little bit higher due to the mm. pandemic. Yeah. And, of course, I won't know. I'm off of social media, except for Letterboxd. So I'll just have Pete tell me about it, and I um, innately oh. trust him. The last thing... Um, <laughs> yes? <laughs> all right. I actually have something about a different episode that we've done. So why don't you have the last word on this? I'll um, give a little update on a previous episode and then we can call it. Great. Um, I I guess I would just say the Mandalorian season one was not just like Star Wars live action television and stuff. It was also like the launch pad for Disney plus. And since the first season of Mandalorian ended and with the pandemic, delaying a lot of stuff that initially probably would have been out by now or around now. What, what has your Disney plus viewership looked like outside of the Mandalorian? And after the wrap up of the Mandalorian, do you still watch absolutely Disney not. plus regularly? Or would you a- recommend absolutely it? not. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I just rewatched, um, Avengers infinity war and Endgame because I, I am just so bored for content. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't really want, I, I wanted to watch it for Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. uh, because I just can't bring myself to mm-hmm. watch Black Panther yet. Um, but a- after that, it's a great one, man. Just I mean, the, the, the whole series is not built for like a person um, that's, you know, very far away from being middle age um, like I am. It's it's, you yeah. know, for. Mm-hmm. Um, young adults, it's for children. So I, I, I don't blame them at all. Um, when it stops yeah. being free, uh, maybe, maybe there'll, there'll <laughs> be some issues. But like, it's also only like five bucks. Yeah, this is true. This is true. I don't know. Right around the, I think with the launch of Disney Plus, um, Jeff Goldblum's show, World According to Jeff Goldblum, was also coming out, and I really enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, since then. I mean, uh, I own all the Star Wars movies. I own all the Marvel movies because I'm an idiot. So that doesn't really hold an appeal for me. I've checked out that show Earth to Net a little bit because some of the writers on it host podcasts Mm -hmm. I listen to. um, And that's been all right. But, yeah, I really don't interact with Disney+. And, I mean, it's like, you know... My my girlfriend and I will switch off picking the movie we watch, and you know whenever we pick a movie, it's always a term of like, okay, so where are we going to stream it, or are we going to have to rent it? And so it's always like, all right, well, let's open all the apps and search for it. But I mean, we never even bother opening Disney Plus because you just know, like, they're not going to have it. You, it's you know, they're going to have Disney stuff, and that's it. But like, you know, I'm going through David Lynch's filmography that's actually a bad example did you know david lynch directed a disney movie anyway uh the brave little toaster no it's not an animated movie um but yeah i don't know i, I don't, said that so confidently um <laughs> yeah well that's a lot of your whole deal <laughs> all um, right well that that hurt so we have some listener mail <laughs> um that i we? just wanted to highlight a little bit um 
It's an, it's an, an email. email. So this this one comes from Linda. And she wants oh, Linda. She wanted to thank us for the detail that we had reviewing Star Wars um, Poe Dameron Freefall. And she said the level of detail that you put into that episode going blow by blow and with such enthusiasm made me want to buy it. Mm-hmm. And currently it's on my Amazon order. Wow. Can't wait to read it. To confirm your hot takes. Wow. So um, thank you, Linda, wow. for that email. Yeah, I got to say, and this is one of those, this is sort of a double-bladed lightsaber situation. Because on the one hand, email obviously makes my day. makes me very happy. On the other hand, I assume if you tell me, oh, we got an email about the Book Boys episode we do, I have to think, hmm, well, who would be emailing us about this? Maybe our friend who kept bugging us about, oh, the character based off of me, Poe Dameron, I'm Oscar Isaac, they put out a Poe Dameron book, why don't you guys ever talk about that? And then we do talk about it, and he didn't email us about it? Okay, so... Let's let's actually pump the brakes on that, um, because... He'll probably no, be like, no, no, oh, no, Oscar actually messaged me, him. he uh, has forgotten the password and doesn't remember the security question... Um, because it's who's the number one po' boy, and he still can't. He keeps writing himself. Um, so I think he'll. I think he'll eventually get that right. Well, um, listeners, I am shocked at how long this episode <laughs> turned out. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to say it's your fault, but so um, po'boys podcast at gmail dot com at po'boys podcast is our Instagram and Twitter. We have an Etsy account. Buy something if you want. It doesn't really matter to us. Um, but yeah, chapter nine. Chapter nine. We'll be back next week. We'll finally have something to talk about. Later. <laughs>